Hope you guys enjoyed that recap video of 2016. God did so many wonderful things. You feel like your hearts are readied to now hear the word of God tonight after that, do you? All right, good. Very good. It's good to see you guys. Welcome to YA tonight. Um, welcome to December. Let me be the first to say that to you. Who's excited to simply have a wonderful Christmas time this year, huh? In the past, I haven't looked forward to the holidays. I got to admit that in front of you on stage, but this year I am. I've got a good, I've got a good feeling about the holidays this year, mostly because of Christmas movies. You guys like Christmas movies? Let's do this. Think of your favorite Christmas movie and yell it out at the top of your lungs on three. Think fast. One, two, three. You're all winners. Good job. Uh, let's do this. If you can be the first to yell out what movie this quote is from, you get a special prize, okay? Look what you did, you little jerk. Home Alone, I heard it over here. Congratulations. Go to the info table after service and get your free high five. And maybe even a mug. That's not up to me. That's up to the info booth people, whatever they want to do. But um, hey, if you're here tonight, and you are, first of all, congratulations. Second of all, you're here on a good night of church. You really are. Tonight's going to be a night of celebration. Tonight's going to be a night of remembering. And tonight's going to be a night of confidence building. You will walk out of this building more confident than how you walked in. So turn to your neighbor and say, you don't look very confident right now. But you will by the end of the night. All right, all right. It's enough time. Exercise is over. Focus. This is church. Focus. I'm talking to myself more than you. Don't worry. Hey, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but we are incredibly blessed to get to be a part of this ministry and just as individuals to get to be followers of Jesus in, the, in like one of the most beautiful cities in the entire world, in the greatest country in the entire world, in 2016 when everything is just awesome and everything is amazing. It really is. And any, anything's possible because we worship a God that we cannot exaggerate. Amen. We worship a God we cannot exaggerate. Like you're not better at praying than he is at answering those prayers. You can't outdream God's ability to perform and come through on those dreams in your life. Anything is possible with our God. And because of the time that we live in, in history, and because of where we've been born into, we have a luxury that not a lot of people have. We have a lot of luxuries that not a lot of people have. We really do. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way. Like we have, for a lot of people around the world, the goal every single day for a lot of people even today has simply just been to survive. Like to make it through the day and come out alive has been a goal for a lot of people. But for us, because of people who have come and gone before us and because of their sacrifices, we can now stand on the shoulders of generations who have previously gone before us with, with more than a chance to just survive, but to actually thrive and try to take things to the next level and reach even more people with the gospel and dream even bigger dreams and take even bigger risks for the kingdom of God. Like that's the opportunity that has been presented to us. It really has. Like this generation, this group of people has more potential to leave a dent on history than any generation, any group of people who has ever come before us in all of history and that that hasn't been given to us because we're awesome or because we did anything to deserve it but that opportunity has been given to us and like spider-man would say with great power comes great responsibility and to the generation that much has been given much is expected 
and much has been given to this generation, which is why we get to be a church. We get to be a church that constantly pushes forward and steps into the unknown that we feel God is calling us into, which is why we get to see him show off and come through in crazy ways every single week and and save people and change lives and, and do incredible things right in front of us. And I believe we're gonna see far more in the future than we have even in the past. And I think all of us would agree on that, but I also think I also think there's something that we need to do before we can move forward. There's something that we need to do before we move forward. Because we're right here, and we're looking into the future, right? And the future is completely unknown. And God has individual callings on all of our lives, right? And he's going to challenge us to step out in faith every single year, all right, and some of us, he's challenging us to maybe uproot here and move somewhere completely different and put new roots down there. For some of us, he might be challenging us and, and seeing if we have the faith and the guts to put roots down exactly where we are right now. The callings are different for every single one of us, but we all have this in common. It's horrifying because it's the future and it's the unknown And therefore, it's horrifying. It really is. But because it's scary and because it's stepping into the unknown, it means that we need to step into it with confidence. And I don't know about you, but I want to finish 2016 out of a strong position so that I can enter into 2017 out of a position of strength too, to whatever it is that God's calling me to do in 2017. Even though it's unknown and even though it's scary, trusting that he's got my back, that the the God who is currently holding the entire universe in his hands is holding your heart right now and your future as well and he is for you regardless of the seasons that are on the horizon I can step forward in confidence that's what I want to do but in order to do that there's a key to it and the Bible actually tells us what it is imagine that the Bible has some wisdom about a specific topic and this is what it says the Bible demonstrates for us that there's something very important that you need to do in order to move forward into the unknown with confidence. There's something very important that you need to do in order to confidently move forward into, God, into what God is doing next. It's always important to look backwards and remember all the amazing things that God has already done. To remember exactly where you were when he saved you and what he has already brought you out of and the things that he's already been faithful enough to bring you through. By looking back and remembering that, we gain confidence and evidence to know that we can be confident moving forward. God is a God who pulls us forward into a new thing constantly, but he's also a God who simultaneously reminds us to never forget where you come from and to never forget what he's already done by his mighty hand. And that only happens with intentionality. That only happens when we purposefully remember to remember. When we remember on purpose, and that's the title of tonight's message, just in case you're taking notes, remember on purpose. Remember on purpose. So with that said, let's bow our heads and let's pray and welcome the Spirit of God into this place. God, we love you so much. We have so much to be thankful for in regards to this year. And tonight we just give it up to you. Tonight we say thank you. Tonight we remember that this isn't normal and we never want to get used to seeing you do miracles right in front of our eyes, God. We never want to get used to that. And I pray that you would meet every single person individually in their chair tonight, God. And I pray that people would walk out of here with more holy confidence than they walked in here with, remembering all the crazy things that you've already done in their lives. And I speak this over my friends in this room, and we pray all of these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to... um, 
do mission work in countries all over the world with three of my friends, which obviously we spent an entire year doing it, and this involved a lot of traveling, a lot of legs of travel to get us from place to place. Like I think in total we had like 18 flights. We walked and hiked from town to town everywhere we were. In India, we took through the night train rides while guys were trying to steal our stuff by offering us chai tea that I'm positive was drugged so they could steal all of our stuff. We took, we took crowded bus rides that were like 12 to 15 hours long and literally like through third world countries while I had live chickens sitting on my lap and bags of dead fish in the seats next to me and it was so hot. It smelled so bad. And thousands of motorcycle rides with taxi motorcycle drivers trusting our lives in their hands. And we went through motorcycle crashes and just, and there were tons of things that we went through. And and all of this brings me to the end of a very, very long year and one final leg of traveling in the very middle of Africa. This time, not by air, not by bus, not by train, not by foot, not by motorcycle, but by sea. And we, uh, we were in the middle of Africa. We were trying to figure out how to get from this really small country called Burundi all the way down to South Africa because we had a flight out of Cape Town and we had to make it in order to get home, except we didn't have money to get there because we're idiots and we didn't know how to budget. And so please don't hear this story and think like, oh, that's so cool that you did that. If anything, you should hear this and think, oh, God really can use anybody to accomplish his purposes, even morons. As long as you're willing, that's all God wants. He wants you to be willing. That's what God is looking for, so I hope that's what you get from this. But we didn't have the money to fly. We didn't have the money to bus it. We didn't even have money to like rent camels and ride them. I don't even know if that's a thing, but if it's a thing, we couldn't afford it, right? But what we did have money to do was take a two-night and two-day journey down a very large body of water called Lake Tanganyika aboard a cargo ship. And we did so by slipping the captain 20 bucks and hopping aboard and becoming part of the crew and setting up sleeping bags on the deck because there were no rooms because it's a cargo ship and you're not really supposed to do this kind of stuff. And basically, we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into, but we hopped aboard this giant cargo ship in the middle of this lake in the middle of Africa. And for the next 48 hours, a freezing cold storm began that rained on us the entire time, rocking this massive ship back and forth all day and all night. And on top of that, after we got on board, we figured out that the previous time this boat had made this voyage, pirates stopped the boat in the middle of the night, got on, and at knife point, robbed everybody, okay? So I'm I'm here, like Captain Phillips. Seriously, just like that movie, I'm not making this up. I swear, this is real. And I have a very, very vivid memory being on this boat Night one, waking up at 2 a.m., the middle of the night, just so angry and with like a headache, freezing cold because rain is just pouring down all over my face. And I get out of my sleeping bag and walk over to the railing. And sorry to be graphic, but I throw up a little bit over because I'm seasick because the boat just won't freaking stop rocking back and forth. And on top of that, I'm looking out at lightning all around the boat in the middle of this dark body of water, swearing that every shadow from every wave that I see is a pirate ship full of pirates that wants to come on board and kill me with a knife. And on top of that, I'm thinking like, I am so tired. It's been such a long year. I'm physically exhausted. My head hurts. I'm sick. I'm cold. God, like if you want to kill me right now, you just go ahead and kill me because I might just be okay if you did that right now. And it's just one of those moments. It's just one of those moments where I'm just like, I don't know. God tends to speak to me in moments like that. Like the Holy Spirit is our comforter and you'll be amazed at how your comforter shows up when you actually need comfort. And I just like felt his spirit speak to me and say, hey, buddy, 
Stop looking into the future for pirate ships for just a second and take a look backwards and reflect for a little bit on all the incredible things that I've already done through your life in this year alone and all the legs of this trip that have already gotten you through. I got you through every single time and if I did it before, then I'll do it again. And if pirates show up, I'll be with you as they rob you. And it'll be a better story, but you know what? They probably won't, and they didn't. And I wish they had, because the story would be better, but I can't lie to you on stage. <laughs> but I didn't bring you this far so that I could abandon you now. I didn't bring you this far into the year so that now you could let fears and worries paralyze you to the point where you're no longer willing to follow me forward into the unknown. I've been with you before. I'll be with you again. I've come through before, and I'll come through, it. I'll come through again. I did it before, and I can do it again. Let me... Let me remind you, let me remind you just of what I've already done. Look backwards and let your confidence be built as you step into the next chapter. Build your faith by remembering on purpose. Build your faith for what's in front of you by looking back and purposefully, intentionally remembering all the things that God has already done. This is constant. This is a constant theme all over the Bible, especially in the um, Old Testament. The story of the Israelites in the Old Testament is the story of God constantly keeping his promises and constantly coming through over and over again. He remains faithful to the Israelites time and time again, even though they don't remain faithful to him. And if you remember the movie, The Prince of Egypt, Egypt, they're slaves in Egypt, and then God sends Moses to deliver them out of slavery, and they, the, all the plagues, and then they cross through the Red Sea into the wilderness where they wander around for 40 years because they don't trust God enough to lead them into the promised land, and then eventually Moses dies, and Joshua takes over as the new leader, and he leads them into the promised land, and they do so by crossing the Jordan River, and it parts just like the Red Sea parts, and the waters on either side stand at attention because God creates physics and therefore God can tell physics what to do and can tell rivers when to part and they listen to him and they do it and all the priests carry the Ark of the Covenant through and then roughly two million Jews follow them through this parted river safely to the other side and enter into Canaan just as God promised them they would years before and this ends like a very 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 long 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 season of waiting and wandering and hurting and and funerals of an entire generation of Jews who didn't get to see the promised land because they failed to trust that God could do what he told them he would do and and this is it's an understatement of the year to say that this is the end of an era and the start of something new and right here is when God presses pause on the story and he asks them to do something kind of strange. He says, I know you're tired right now. I know you're tired. I know it's been a long, exhausting season of waiting. And I also know that today was a huge victory. And you're probably eager to celebrate and get on to whatever's next. But I want to press pause before you so nonchalantly move on from what I've, what I've done here. And I want you to purposefully remember what I did. I want you to remember not only how I rescued you out of Egypt via the plagues and via the parting of the Red Sea and then faithfully stood by your side and provided, you, provided for you for 40 years while we wandered around in the wilderness even though you guys bugged the crap out of me and even though you are a stubborn and stiff-necked people, to quote God. 
I want you to not only remember that, I want you to remember what I did for you on this day, that I brought you into Canaan through the Jordan River, just like I said I would all those years ago, because I'm a God who does exactly what he says he's going to do every single time without failing. And now my timing might look different than you'd like it to be, and sometimes that might frustrate you, but I always come through because I'm God, and that's what I do. I'm God, and you're human beings, and I love you, but here's what I know about you. I know that you need to purposefully remember what I've done here. You need to purposefully remember what I've done here or else you're gonna forget. You need to practice the art of remembering on purpose or else you're gonna move on and leave whatever I did here in the past and then it's gonna fade into the past and and the next time in the future that you're faced with an impossible situation, you're not gonna remember what I did the time before unless you remember right now on purpose, and that's exactly what he has them do. If you have your Bibles, Joshua chapter four, I'm gonna read it to you in the message version because it reads so much like, more like a story, and that's exactly what this is. It's a story, I love this. This is Joshua four, one through nine. It says this, when the whole nation was finally across, this is the Jordan River, God spoke to Joshua, select 12 men from the people, a man from each tribe, and tell them, from right here, the middle of the Jordan where the feet of the priests are standing firm, take 12 stones, carry them across with you and set them down in the place where you camp tonight. Joshua called out the 12 men whom he selected from the people of Israel, one man from each tribe. Joshua directed them, now cross to the middle of the Jordan and take your place in front of the Ark of the Covenant, your God. Each of you heft a stone to your shoulder, a stone for each of the tribes of the people of Israel, so you'll have something later to mark this occasion, to remember on purpose. So then when your children ask you, what are these stones to you? You'll say, the flow of the Jordan was stopped in front of the Ark of the Covenant as it crossed the Jordan, stopped in its tracks. And these stones are a permanent memorial for the people of Israel. The people of Israel did exactly as Joshua commanded. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, a stone for each of the 12 tribes, just as God had instructed Joshua. They carried them across with them to the camp and set them down there. Joshua set up the 12 stones taken from the middle of the Jordan that had marked the place where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are still there today. So they had waited for this moment for such a long time, the Israelites had, and they were so eager to leave one chapter behind and get on the move to whatever was next, but God had done a work among them And they stopped there to remember before they moved forward. That's very important. They stopped to remember that this is what happens when impossible situations meet an all-powerful God. That an all-powerful God wins every single time. And we're going to remember so that the next time we're faced with 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 an impossible situation, we know that our God can do it now because he did it back then. Even when our kids ask, what do we do now, we can say, This is what God has done before, and if he did it then, he can do it again. If they don't remember on purpose, they're going to overlook everything that he's done for them in this season and won't remember when the next season comes along. This is all throughout the Bible. Deuteronomy 5.15, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Psalm 77, 11. This is a decision to remember. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. So I'd sum it up by saying this. You can either actively remember all the amazing things that God does in your life, or you can passively forget all the amazing things that God 
does in your life. Those are the two options. Because apparently you can walk through a parted sea and then forget about it less than a year later. Apparently, we can watch people in here on a Thursday night get saved, and it's incredible to experience, but then by the next week, I forget all about it, and I forget what God did less than seven days ago. We have a danger of forgetting all the amazing things that God has already done in 2016 as we move forward into 2017, and that's not what I want us to do. I want us to stop right now before moving forward. I want to remember the mighty works that God has already done, and I want to say thank you to him tonight, reminding myself and reminding all of us that we're not entitled to any of this. I never want to feel entitled to a ministry like this. I never want to feel like I deserve to, to live in two 2016 and to be born in the United States of America. I never want to feel entitled to this. I mean, think about the year that we've had in here alone and all the things that God has done. Back in January, we opened up with the Sweet 16 series and then started a Glory City series about how to start a revival, which brought us all the way into the Red Conference, where we got to hear the Bible being taught by like some of the most well-known speakers and pastors in the entire world, right? And every single week, we get to see God save people and give people new lives in this place. And we've seen people step up, to, uh, step up into new levels of leadership, and people become life group leaders, and volunteers tirelessly work week after week after week after week. And, and the Broncos won the Super Bowl back in February. That actually happened. The CU Buffs are playing for the Pac-12 championship against Washington this weekend. Like God is doing something in 2016, right? Well, like Jesse had a baby. Connor got married. Whitney got married. Like we had a series about hope. We had a series about relationships. We got to go on a soul retreat Five days from right now, okay, yes, Silver Tree. Five days from right now, Christine Kane will be preaching right on this stage. Like, that's not normal, okay? And then next week after that, we get to have our third annual Red Light Gala event where we get to raise money to help end sex trafficking all over the world. Like, this stuff is not normal, and I never want to get used to it. I never want to forget how much of a gift this is to be a part of a ministry like this. If there's a competition on who can be the most grateful Christian, if there's a competition on which church in its entirety can be the most grateful church, those are competitions that I really, really want to win. Like, I don't know, you probably remember the story, but in Luke chapter 17, Jesus heals 10 lepers. He heals 10 lepers, and by healing these lepers, not only is he giving them their health back, he's giving them their lives back is what he's doing because lepers were outcasted from society. They were considered untouchables, the lowest of the low, not a part of normal society. And so by healing them, Jesus is doing everything for them, okay? And out of 10, one of them comes back to say thank you. And the other 10 walk into the future entitled and by the way, in the opposite direction of where Jesus is and never, never say thank you to him. And I don't even think that makes him mad as much as it just makes Jesus sad. And if I have the, if I have the chance, if I have the choice, I always want to be a part of the one rather than a part of the nine. I want to look back and purposefully remember to say thank you. And that the only reason that I'm even alive in the first place is because, because of him. Like if you're alive and you're in this room, which you are, both of those things currently right now, then that's not because you did that. 
That's not because, like the very breath that you have in your lungs is a gift from God on loan to you from him right now that one day will be required back from you because it was him, it was his to begin with. You're not in here because you decided to be. You're not alive because you decided to be. You're alive because he decided you to be. And I wanna be grateful for something as simple as that. Like even like you have certain gifts, just like I have certain giftings. You have certain character traits, the, the, all the things that, makes up the quirkiness that is you, right? Like certain skin tones, certain hair color, certain innate skills and talents and propensities and strengths and weaknesses. And you have all of those things because he gave you those things and designed you that way and knit you together like that in your mother's womb, at least according to Psalm 139. And if so, if there's things that just come easily to you, like you're talented in a certain way or you just have like a knack for business or you're athletic or you're good at school or you're just a funny person, like that's because he gave you that. That's not because like when you were a fetus, you wrapped on the uterine wall and asked for that. You didn't do that. He gave you that and it's not yours. That's because of him. And I want to recognize that even things like that are gifts from a wonderful God to me. And like the nine lepers who left without even saying thank you, I never want to be so foolish or so stupid as to think that I'm here because of my awesomeness, because I'm not. I'm not here because I'm awesome. I'm here because he's awesome. And remembering his awesomeness, oh, come on. Love the energy. It's never a bad thing to clap for God's awesomeness, I promise you. We're here because of his awesomeness, and we remember the amazing, thing that, the amazing things that he's already done, and that gives us confidence to move into the next chapter. And here's why confidence is important right here. Confidence is important. Like, we tell you all the time in here that you have a calling, we talk about that all the time, and some of you know what your calling is, and some of you maybe haven't figured it out yet, or God has not revealed it to you yet, but nonetheless, you do have a calling. You're a part of a story that's so much bigger than your story, and I think that you keep coming back because you believe that. Some of you know what it is, some of you don't yet, but I hope you know that you do have a call on your life, and here's what I know about your calling. It's not going anywhere. Your calling is not going anywhere. It can never be taken from you. Just so you know, this is from the Bible, Romans eleven twenty nine. 29. For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. God's not going to take that calling away just because you lose your way in life for a season. Now, don't think that he can't find somebody else and don't make the mistake of thinking that God's plan depends on you because it doesn't. God does not need you. But according to Romans, his calling can never be withdrawn. And Satan knows that. He knows that there's nothing he can do to touch your calling or steal your calling away from you. But while he can't do anything about your calling, you know what he can do something about? Your confidence. He can get at your confidence. He can get you to actually throw your confidence away. Don't worry about that. Just focus. Are you focused? <laughs> the enemy knows that he cannot touch your calling. He knows he cannot touch your calling. He knows there's nothing he can do to take it away, but he knows while he can't touch your calling, he can get after your confidence, all right? A Christian without confidence should be an oxymoron. 
It should be, but we're everywhere. We're all over the place. But a Christian who has no confidence in God or what God can do through them and the talents that God has gifted them with is a Christian who has no ability to walk in his or her calling. Confidence is like the fuel behind your calling. And by looking back and seeing that he's faithful and remembering everything that he's done for you already in your life is everything that you need to get the fuel which is your confidence. And so sometimes we look back and we think this, and I'm I'm just gonna say this because I think that I need to, but sometimes we look back on a year like 2016 and we can genuinely say like, God, there's really nothing that I have to be grateful about 2016 because it was marked by nothing but pain and nothing but trial and nothing but storm after storm after storm after storm. And if that's you, I wanna say that first of all, I understand and you know who else understands that is God and you can bring anything that you want to him, he can handle it. He's God. He knows how you feel. You might as well tell him. Bring that to God because he understands. But without knowing you, like I don't know you, I don't know your story, I don't know the storms that you faced in 2016, but here's what I do know about you is that you're still here. I know that you made it through whatever those storms are. You're in this place tonight and whatever they were that came your way, you made it through and your heart is still beating and there's still air in your lungs. And as long as your heart is still beating, that means that God is not done with you yet and you're calling still remains and and you can either live wounded because of it or you can live with a stronger spirit because of it, but it is your decision. I've told you guys this before, but um, I've, I, so I, I've been living with chronic pain in my head for the last seven years. I have a uh, vertebrate right here that my skull sits on that's jacked up. Okay. And so my head sits on it. And so it's kind of like, this is normal for me is because I'm crooked. I'm just a crooked person. So if you're ever having a conversation with me and I'm looking at you like this, it's not because I'm confused, okay? It's not because I'm doing what dogs do when you ask them a question or you finish a sentence with an upward inflection and they do that. Dogs are so awesome. It's just because I'm messed up. It's just another way that, that I'm messed up, okay? And, and, and I've seen probably between 20 and 30 doctors trying to figure out what's wrong and no solution has been found yet, but I know that a solution is out there and I believe with all my heart that God wants to heal me. Actually, I walked into 2016 believing that God wanted to heal my head and my neck before the year was over and so far that has not happened. So far it hasn't happened. But here's what I know. Here's the context I get by pressing pause and looking backward. Remembering reminds me that I'm still here and chronic pain has not taken me out yet. Apparently, it wasn't strong enough. In fact, it's made me stronger. That's what it's done. And I refuse to turn back and remember 2016 as the year that God failed to heal my head. I refuse to remember 2016 that way, but rather, I'm going to choose to remember 2016 as the year that Jesus walked right next to me, even with head pain, through the valley, and I came out on the other side stronger. I came out on the other side with more peace, more joy, more character, and more stories than I went in to 2016 and as and as as a son of the living God I have every right to take all the pain that the enemy might send my way and flip it upside down and use it to do the very opposite thing of what the enemy wanted 
me to use it for. And, and rather than it being a prison of bitterness that I sit beneath, I can flip that and stand on top of it as a platform and proclaim that God is good to the rest of the world moving into 2017, which by the way is the year that I now believe God is going to heal me in. But you know what? Even if he doesn't, you guys, I believe he's going to, but even if he doesn't for some reason, I'll get through it because I got through 2016. And if he got me through that, he can get me through this. If he did it then, he can do it again because he's just that good and he can get you through it too. But your attitude, this has been my, this has been my lesson all year. Your attitude and your posture in this is your decision. Trials will either deter you away from God or they will bring you closer to Jesus depending on which one of those you choose. But I know this, my point is that looking back, even if looking back and, and you, you, you don't remember anything but, but, a, but a year that was marked by pain and trials and storms, even if that's all you see, take heart in the fact that you're still here and you made it through. Take heart in the fact that you are still here and you made it through. And now you have a story to share about the faithfulness of Jesus in the storm, which is far less common than the faithfulness of Jesus on the mountaintop. And now you can tell somebody else who's going through what you've been through, that they're going to get through it because you were there and you got through it because God will be with them every single step of the way. And if you're still here, God's not done with you yet. If you still have heart, If you still have a heart that's beating and lungs that are full of air, it means that the calling on your life is still there and has not been taken away. God is not done for you. God is not done with you yet. And he has gotten you from where you used to be to where you are now, out of everything you used to be in to where you are now, even through the storms, which means he can get you from where you are now to where he wants you to be next. And that's my test. That feels so good to say out loud because that's like my testimony for 2016. I feel like I'm preaching to myself right now. But imagine, like, here's what, here's what I learned from a pastor named Stephen Furtick. Imagine that this is, this is where you are right now. And this is over here. This is where you want to be. This is who you are right now. And this is who you want to be. And oftentimes the space in between is what robs our confidence away and frustrates us because sometimes it just seems like we can't get there no matter what we do, right? But you remember the Switchfoot song, I Dare You to Move, from that movie, A Walk to Remember? A Walk to Remember, such a good movie. Welcome to the fallout, welcome to resistance, the tension is here. The tension is right here in this gap between who you are and who you could be, between how it is and between how it should be. And John Foreman is daring you to move right there in that second chorus of the song. And I would agree with him. I would agree with him. But before I dare you to move forward, I would dare you to press pause and turn around and remember where you used to be and the things you used to be stuck in when God found you and God saved you in this space that he's brought you in to where you are now, the space between 2015 to 2016 to December 1st of 2017 and all that God has done because if you do that you'll have you won't need John Foreman to dare you to move to get here because you'll have so much confidence that God came through then and if he did it here in this space then he can do it here in this space and get me to where I want to go because he who began the good work in me will be faithful to carry it on to completion and so I will with confidence step into tomorrow out of a position of strength step into 
2017. Nobody knows what tomorrow holds. Tomorrow's an unknown. No one knows what next year holds. Next year is an unknown. We can guess and prepare, but that's about all we can do. We are constantly on our way into the unknown. And we're not where we want to be yet, but because of Jesus, we're not where we probably should be or used to be or probably deserve to be. This space right here is called the space of grace. He's gotten me here. He'll get me there, even into the unknown. And as we step into that, I want to remember on purpose what he did back here so that in the unknown, I don't shrink back in trepidation or in fear, but rather I can step in knowing that God, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what the rest of 2016 holds. I don't know what 2017 holds, but I know you, the God who is holding 2017 in your hands right now. And therefore I can confidently move forward because I've seen you do it then. And I'm gonna see you do it again. We haven't watched God save people every single week in this room so that we can proceed into the next year cautiously there's nothing admirable about stepping cautiously into the future in God's economy we're not still here so that we can play it safe you're not still alive so that you can play it safe for the rest of your life there's nothing responsible about that in the kingdom of heaven we haven't been so incredibly blessed as a ministry so that we can now shift this vehicle into neutral and just coast and maintain what God has already done and protect our resources from being stolen and not risk anything because we're afraid of what's going to happen. There's nothing to be praised about not taking risks in the kingdom of heaven. And I don't know about you guys, but I signed up to follow Jesus. And in 2016, that's what I did. And in 2017, I'm going to continue to follow Jesus because I'm alive right now and and. And who knows for how much longer because like James says your life is a mist here today and gone tomorrow do on the grass that's gone before lunch is even here in light of eternity that's what my life looks like and with the time that I do have I don't want I don't want the future to be robbed from me because of a lack of confidence confidence is my fuel to step into the unknown confidence comes from remembering to pause and look back and seeing how awesome God has already been to us. Through the storms, through the blessings, through the valleys, through the waves, and through the mountaintops, God is faithful. Ever since he brought the Israelites out of Egypt through the Red Sea, and he was with them in the wilderness and then brought them into the promised land, and thousands of years later, to the brink of 2017, he has been faithful and he will remain to be faithful moving forward. Much has been given to this generation. And that means much will be expected of this generation. But I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm so grateful to be alive right now. It's such an exciting time to be a Christian and to risk big and to not play it safe and to trust that he has my back and he's the God of the unknown. If that's where he's calling me, then that's where I wanna be. The safest place to be is right smack dab in the middle of God's will, even if it's in the middle of chaos and unknown everywhere around you. That's the best place to be. There is nothing better than his will, following it. And so I pray tonight that you'd walk out of here with more confidence than you walked in. I pray tonight that you, you would reflect and worship, that maybe you'd go home and you you just kind of reflect on all the incredible things that God has done in your life. 
And even if you feel like there's been a lot of storms and it hasn't been fair, well, he's been with you in those storms. My evidence for that is the fact that you're sitting in this room right now and you're still here. He is good. He did it then and he's gonna do it again. And there's good days on the horizon. So Father, we thank you right now for your goodness. We thank you right now for everything you've done in this place in 2016. Let us never get complacent. Let us never take this for granted. Let us never think that this is normal. Let us never get used to, you see, to seeing you doing amazing things right in front of our eyes. We look back and we see that you are faithful. And because we look back and see that you are faithful, we can now look ahead believing you are able, believing that anything is possible, believing that you're a God that we cannot exaggerate, believing you're better at answering any prayer that we could ever pray than we are at praying it, believing that you're better at performing than we, than we are at dreaming, believing there's nothing that's too big to see you do right in front of our eyes, believing you can do immeasurably more than anything we could ever ask or imagine of you. We are so grateful for this year, so grateful for what you have done and God we move forward confidently that what you've done before you're going to do again and we pray all of these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ amen would you guys stand up I feel like worshiping right now sound good all right thank you God for 2016